Classy Chicks podcast. Today we have an episode which many of my listeners have been awaiting for a little while now. Um, For the first time ever, we have a man on the Classy Chicks podcast. So we have Nick Wiley on. Nick, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Nick. I work for Church Militant where I, you know, get to write about the Catholic faith, share it with others. I love to do just interview different people. I love to talk to everyone in the Catholic community and those um, not not in it as well and help uh, help them to see what the beauty of our faith is. Right. That's amazing. I've actually been following Church Militant since I was in like middle school. So it's been a while. Church Militant was one of the first I don't really know how you would describe it, but the first like Catholic talk shows, I guess, that I listened to. Um, And it really, it it was very, very educational to me, even as a middle schooler. So I think that you guys reach a lot of different demographics and I'm excited to talk to you in particular about our topic today, which our topic today is going to be, so basically to back it up a little bit, I've been getting a bunch of requests that we have a man on this show because it's called the classy chicks podcast for a reason right i have young women on this podcast who i think are living a life of holiness a life of greatness who i want you all to listen to and who i want you all to hear speak about what they're doing in their life well we talk a lot about um about relationships about catholic relationships on this podcast as well And I was getting a lot of requests from the guys who listen to this podcast that we need to have a man's perspective, which I agree with. So today we are going to get a man's perspective. So Nick, I just want to start with, um, could you give me a broad generalization of what you think are some Catholic guidelines for dating? What does it look like in general to date as a Catholic? Are we not going to be classy and trashy first? Like the, like the, Oh show no, <laughs> Nick just you, you reminded forgot. me. I totally just forgot. We almost forgot the classy and trashy moments is because I have a guy on and it just, <laughs> just completely is muddling my brain. So yeah, you're right, Nick. And Nick has actually spent some time thinking about his, which is very admirable because not everybody does. So Nick, what is a classy moment that happened to you this week or that you did? Yeah, so I started this 54-day rosary novena um, that basically um, a priest in Michigan came up with because in Michigan we have ballot proposal three coming up, which will basically be just an enshrining of all abortions into Michigan law. And so um, a priest had the idea of starting a 54-day rosary novena in honor of hopefully having that shot down and everyone to vote no on that. So started that a few days ago. So um, definitely praying that come November, we do not enshrine abortion into the Michigan Constitution. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. It's great that you started in Novena and that's for obviously a great cause. It's so, um, as I've talked about on previous podcasts, our states are very much divided right now on the issue of abortion, and we we are responsible for it now. We don't have the excuse of the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade. We, as individual states, are responsible for protecting human life now. So that's wonderful, and it's actually really funny because my classy moment is also a novena. It's not a 54-day novena, but I started on Sunday. I started the 
St. Joseph, one of the St. Joseph's novena for basically, it was just a very broad general novena for, for God's will for my future. Right. So I've done other St. Joseph novenas, like leading up to his feast day and stuff like that. But I just was looking for a general rosary novena that, or sorry, not rosary novena, just nine day novena that would kind of give me some guidance in my life. Because as young people, you know, we're always looking for some extra guidance and it just happened that I found one to St. Joseph. So that's funny. Both of our classy moments are novenas this week. Nice. And now I'm interested to hear what is your trashy moment of this week? My trashy moment is, um, I don't know if this counts or whatever, but just how- uh, (laughs) Always counts. That's what everybody says. They're always like, I don't know if this counts. Anything, anything goes. So last week, second half of last week, I just got like super sick. I don't get sick. Maybe once a year I get sick. And oh, no. just the, um, just how pathetic I get that one time a year. Like, just like can't do anything, like curled up in a ball, kind of just asking others to, to help me with different things. Like I didn't even drive to work. I made, I made one of my roommates like, hey, can you like drive me to work? I'm just, I'm oh, sick. My God. And so just like, and so just like being kind of pathetic in, in that, uh, in that illness and like basically didn't eat for like two and a half days. So like that, that was my uh, trashy moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I could say about that is good thing you only get sick once a year, <laughs> but that's funny. That's funny. That, that is, that, that's definitely, definitely a trashy moment. Although I, w- I do have to say like, it's not like you were just being lazy. You did have the excuse of being sick. So um, my trashy moment is kind of disgusting. Some of my trashy moments are kind of disgusting. So <laughs> I, so I live in Florida and I go to the beach at least three times a week, right? Mm-hmm. If not more. Well, I have these seat covers in my car because I, I've had them on my car ever since I got them because I have very light colored seats and, I, but I've never washed the seat covers and they were getting like gray. And so I took the seat covers off my car. And there's like mounds of sand on my seats under the seat cover. I was like, how the heck did that get there? So it was kind of gross because I've been probably sitting on like dry sand that turns wet, that turns dry, that turns wet for a couple months now. So that was gross. But good news is I'm cleaning the seat covers and I will be. I actually haven't yet, but I'm cleaning the sand off my car. So nice. <laughs> Sorry. <Getting there. laughs> We're recording a little bit earlier than I typically record (laughs) and my voice isn't 100% there yet, but anyway, okay, great classy and trashy moments. Now we will get into the topic. So the topic, so my question to you, Nick, is can you just give a general description of what it just in general, you know, just like kind of dumbed down version, what does it look like to date as a Catholic? Yeah, I think it's something really intentional. Like, it's something where just like in normal life, like in Catholic, in Catholic life, like we we've been given intellect and a will by God in order to make holy decisions with everything that we do. And so I think that that has to especially be taken count into dating, where not only are you making decisions, but you have someone else there who your decisions are also directly affecting in a lot of ways. And so I think that one of the things, one of the big things is intentionality. Like, what, what is the purpose of this? How are, how are we going to do this? Like having kind of a plan from the beginning of, okay, mm-hmm. we, we know we're different than, we, we know that we live differently 
than other people like especially as catholics like a lot of people it's just like anything goes whatever like we have you know god has revealed to us like hey this is how sexuality works hey this is how like this is how you're going to be free this is how you walk in freedom and so i think right. a lot of yeah so a lot of that is just sitting down like from the start like having, having a good game plan from the start how long are we going to be able to be around each other at every time like should we should we really spend all day together at first or how, how should our relationship build like at each step and so it's a, it's a constant conversation of okay like how are we going to grow in virtue separately and together and just walk in that to where not only is it if we end in a holy marriage that'll be great but how do we set each other up for if you know this isn't for each of us like if you're not the person for me I'm the person for you how do I ensure that you do end up getting to be that holy spouse for someone else. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, even from the start, even from this basic definition, right, it's very different than what we hear in mainstream media. We hear a lot about, we hear a lot about falling in love. We hear a lot about um, just, just kind of going with the flow, taking it as it goes, you know, just kind of dating casually. Right. And I've always from the, you know, back from the time when I didn't even really know that Catholics couldn't date casually, dating casually, meaning like just dating to see where it goes, right? Maybe not marriage, just because it's fun. I didn't, I never really thought dating was that fun in and of itself. So I never really struggled with that, but I, there's a lot of people who, you know, see dating as kind of a hobby. And what, what is the problem with seeing dating is just kind of like going on dates, right? As kind of a hobby. What's the problem with that? Yeah, the problem is that you just, you end up, you enter, you, and a lot of people do this in general, is you make these relationships in your life in general that aren't real. So a lot of times, like, you, you just, like, naturally, we, we call everyone our friend when, right. okay, well, what does that mean to be a friend? And then we treat, we, we treat everyone as if they're on these, these levels of intimacy that they're not. Mm. and so one thing that it does is when you, when you start just casually dating just going around oh, I better date with this person and this person and going mm -hmm. around like you start to mix these lines of like oh and and you start to become more intimate than you should with with people who you don't who you don't owe that to and who and who don't who haven't shown that they can reverence that and, and even respect you in that way right 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 and I think that, no, I think, I think that that's all true. So, you know, going along, going along those lines, right. The lines of kind of casually dating, just kind of not having a plan, right. You were talking earlier about having a plan. What do you think is hard? I have a lot of listeners, a lot of people who are listening who are high schoolers. Do you think that it's ever appropriate to date when you're in high school? See, my views on that, um, they waver because I, I think that one of the things I wanted to start with, with saying was that when we look at what the church taught, when, when, when the church talks about marriage, canon law actually prescribes that a 16 year old boy and a 14 year old girl are allowed to marry. Like those, those are the, those are the, what? Minimum, that's in, where is that? That's, a, that's in canon law, canon oh law, the, the minimum age for a man to get married. I mean, of course, the legal law actually supersedes canon law. So with, in, in the United States, right. it would be 18 so, less parent consent. 
but uh right. yeah so don't so don't get that wrong you can't get yeah. married when you're 16 and 14 currently in the united states but if yes. the culture was different the catholic church does a lot that's what you're saying yes and, and i think that's something we should actually like meditate on and take seriously is the fact that if the church allows for a 16 year old boy and a 14 year old girl to get married it means that there's this capacity you have for that at a young age and so wow with the way the culture is like maybe you most people i mean we would argue easily are not there oh, but course. but the church says that you can be and so wow. i think that's something that we should really take seriously is like how are we how are we raising children how are we teaching kids to become adults because i mean no one no one is that mature at that age but but they but the church is saying they can be and they should be i mean mm -hmm. we, we have saints who are saints much younger than even that i mean i mean we, we have saints who are 10 11 12 years old right and so when you think about the purposes of marriage in the first place and then just the ultimate call to holiness we're always called to theoretically yes like you should be able to date at those young ages but I mean, right now we have, I guess we have to ask ourselves, like, is that, is that prudent? Is that where I am, where my family is raised me to be like, I, I, I definitely know kids where, where I'm from who come from great homeschooling, holy families that I, I would trust them in their, in their high school years right now where they are to like have holy relationships just because they've been formed in such a way where if anyone can handle it, it's them. But that's not what I would suggest for the overwhelming number of people that I know. Wow. So that's kind of that's kind of an interesting, interesting opinion that I've not really heard before, that technically, you know, at some points in our history and at some points, maybe in the future, um, dating at a young age, getting married at a young age isn't isn't wrong you know can be completely acceptable people can be completely mature but because of our culture right now and because of I guess just the way society is the way kids are raised in general the priorities they're taught to have as their priorities it's probably not prudent for them to date when they're extremely young because because they're not they're not looking for that is that kind of what you're saying because if the purpose of dating is to marry and a 14 year old isn't looking to get married in the next, I don't know, like eight years, <laughs> right? Then what would be the purpose of dating? Is that kind of the point you're trying to make? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that we should take that. It's 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 more something that you should take into mind. Um, I guess for the future, like be, like when you're considering how you're gonna raise your own kids and even just like kind of evaluating, okay, like this is where I should be, like at any moment. I can be holy enough. I can be ready enough because there's all this, all this church history of younger kids getting married, younger kids being saints. And so I, I, I truly like, I have no, I can't play a victim. I have no excuse once I know. And so once I know that I'm capable right. of, once I know I'm capable of these mm -hmm. things, well now, now it's my job to like make up for lost time and, and get myself there. However slow or fast that takes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, right now there's no, no one should be dating whenever marriage is like 10 years down the line. Like it's just, that's, that's not, that's not going to help anybody. Like you, you shouldn't be dating unless you're, unless you really have the means to marry. 
that person in, in like the right. foreseeable future. Right. No, I would, def- I would definitely agree with you on that one. And I think that the way you explained that was very helpful, very helpful to some people who might be listening. And I want to kind of go along with that, with that thought of not dating until you're ready to marry. Right. So I, I talked to a lot of people um, who are single, who are in their, you know, teens or twenties and are kind of just like, you know, you know, just the common thought, okay, God, like, where is my person? Right. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they start casually dating, right. They start just kind of dating for fun because they think that they're going to find someone who could have potential down the road. Um, first of all, what do you think about that? And then also, what do you think about, about the season of singleness that each young person goes through at some point or another? Do you want to just talk a little bit on that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you always have things that, that God is calling you to, whether you're single in a relationship, whatever. So, I mean, I think that really, like, I, I don't, I don't worry about it really. Like I, I just, I have so you have so much in your day-to-day life, so many opportunities for holiness that if you just, if you focus on those, like God normally just ends up putting everything together for you in time. But you also like, you, you look for opportunities but you don't necessarily like just try to go and scrape out any little opportunity you can. And so, and so, uh, yeah, just going through day by day life, working on, working on being holy first, but that's, that is like the absolutely what you're being called to is to be a saint right now. And then, yeah, that person along the way, like, yeah, you meet somebody and you think, okay, like this person seems like a really cool person. There's no harm in going on a date with that person unless you're, unless you're just like, doing that all the time without the right intentions if, if you have the mm-hmm. intention of okay i want to intentionally like you know get to know this person a little better see if they have those qualities that i'm looking for in a person but also like not not playing games with that not leading anybody right. on and not um and not sticking around like one once you know that like okay this is never going to go anywhere not just like keeping that going for no reason or whatever and also, like, if you think, okay, it is, I think this should go somewhere, then, then yeah, like, let's, let's have a conversation about that. So, like, not, so you shouldn't stay in that area. It shouldn't just be, mm, like, this, I see what you this mean. area you're staying in. Right. It should, it's it fine to start there. Yeah. You just, you need to, what you're saying from the beginning was you need to have a purpose. You need to have a goal and you need to talk about that early on. Yeah. And so, so as long as you know that, um, because it's, it's really, it's really difficult. I mean, there, there are so few people that are in that right space mentally and everything and that and that take everything so seriously that like the the pool of people to actually (laughs) that I would recommend marrying happens to be pretty small and so you do have to do your due diligence you do have to be Mm -hmm. able to um to really meet people and get to know them pretty well before you can before you can decide like okay I think this person actually will because I mean, salvation is a serious thing. And so like, does this person, will this person help me get to heaven? Right. And I think we need to, I think we need to emphasize that point, right? That is the, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of girls and guys, right. Who are like, can you talk a little bit about like, what are your, like, what are you looking for in a man? Like, why aren't you dating right now? Like, explain that to me. I think we need to emphasize the point that you just made about how 
the person that you marry is supposed to help you get to heaven, right? That is like, that is the goal. That is what they're supposed to do. And that's what you're looking for. And I think that that's something that, that we kind of take very lightly. We kind of take as like a secondary thing, like, oh, I want to make sure like, you know, they're good looking, they make a lot of money. And then, you know, hopefully like somewhere along the road will align in faith, right? Like somewhere along the line, we'll figure that one out. When really that should be the forefront of your decision is do you guys align in your faith and not only align, but do you, are you going to better each other and better each other in order to help both of you get to heaven? So I think I was, I was going to ask you a little bit too, if you could, cause I feel kind of the same way that you do with this whole, like living your daily life, right? There's enough opportunities to grow in holiness. There's so much going on, especially if when you have a purpose and you have a passion in life outside of your dating life, right? So I agree with you on that. I was wondering if you could kind of speak a little bit to the, you know, the guys who are single and who just kind of are like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I meet a lot of guys who are just kind of not necessarily motivated to do anything besides day, you know, like, it's kind of like, they feel like they have to find a girl first and she'll motivate them. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely, it's definitely um, like disordered in a way. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. like it's um, yeah. I mean, the, the proper ordering of things would be like, yeah, you have, you have these things that you're working on because God does have, a specific plan for you outside of because you you don't know whether you're going to get married or not like you you every, that's everyone another, fantas- that's another yeah, thing yeah every, everyone fantasizes about this but like yeah god could easily call you to never marry and that's better for you if that's if that's what it is like that is for whatever reason you're out to holiness whether you're being called or just be single whether yeah i mean there, there are tons of people who the church says cannot marry and Mm. and that's it's a loving thing it's it's like yeah we're never going to bless same-sex marriages and we're going to ask those people hey Mm. if you if you have these attractions then you then you need to remain single you need to go to chase single life and there's everything beautiful about that and that's what people have to understand in the first place is that like yeah so this this motivation outside of that like that's, I mean, I think that's, I think a lot of the big thing it stems from is a lack of a prayer life. If, if, mm. if you, um, if you aren't really well grounded in prayer, then, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to look for that means of fulfillment and satisfaction somewhere else. And of course, I mean, that's, I mean, St. Paul talks about all the time, like the, the biggest, the biggest battles between the flesh and, and, and all that. So, so yeah, you're going to look for it in, in means of the flesh through somebody that you're attracted to. And so, yeah, you, you have to find out what are these things, what is, what is God calling me to, what are these things that make me come alive, focusing on those, and like having that, that partner with you is, is not the motivation itself, that's more of like the, okay, whenever I'm super tired and I have nothing left, but I've got to give more because of this other person, it's like, a, it's like an extra motivation, right. it's like the and motivation when everything else is gone. Exactly, and like you were saying too, I feel like we just think it's guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, nothing's kind guaranteed. of like you were saying, like we can, and the other thing is too, we can discern, we can discern that we think that we're called to marriage. So, okay. So my question is, right. What happens when you discern 
that you think, or you, you discern that you're called to marriage, right? Mm -hmm. You can discern wrongly, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you would have to think that with, um, with tons of people. Okay. So when we think about like people getting divorced, it's like, well, was it God's plan for them to get divorced? Did they marry Mm. the wrong person in the first place? Like, like, like it's at some point, someone discerned the wrong thing if you're getting married and then getting (laughs) divorced right and I feel like and you know this could this could be you know a product of the way the way I was kind of raised in but I think that in a lot of you know I think that I think that it's getting better now but I think that I went to Catholic school for middle school and we were kind of taught that like what we discern like what we like we can kind of make a decision right like what we want to do. It wasn't really God's going to help you discern. It was kind of just like you discern what you do with your life, right? And I think that, um, so I went to Catholic school, but then I went to public school for high school. And when I went to public school, my parents kind of just kind of corrected that in my brain, you know, and we're kind of just like, no, it's not, you know, it's not all what you want to do. You aren't going to decide, oh, I'm just going to like pick a husband off the side of the street, right? It's, you know, God needs to be part of the equation. God needs to be a big part of the equation. It's about prayer. It's about, you know, taking time to grow closer to God. And I think that that's another thing that we need to, that, that we can talk about a little bit is, um, and maybe the last thing we'll talk about in this segment, I definitely want to, to do another segment and talk a little bit more on the role of men and women in the Catholic church and feminism and stuff like that. But I think the last thing we can talk about a little bit is, um, in this sort of dating discussion is how do you, so do you think that there is a time when people who are single, right, should not date? Do you think that, right, you don't think that all people who are single and find someone who's great should date? Or do you? Like, do you think that there is a need for them to kind of make sure their spiritual life is on track first or do you think that that's something that they can that the man and the woman can do together because I've heard contradicting opinions on this right I've heard that like your spiritual life has to be kind of perfect before you start dating and I've also heard that you can both be a mess and then just kind of blossom out of that so what do you think yeah I I definitely think that you don't have to be perfect and you should never limit God (laughs) right that's not gonna happen (laughs) and so and so, yeah, I mean, I think we have to take seriously the fact of, like, it's a sacrament and grace comes from it that supplies for your needs. And right. so, yeah, marriage is a sacrament that, that mm-hmm. grace outflows from, which gives you the strength to be married. Because I don't think it, like, with, I, I don't know how anyone could, cause, I mean, everyone, like, you, you get around somebody a lot for all day long, eventually, like, every little thing gets to you about that person mm-hmm. or whatever, and so you need that grace in order to fulfill a holy marriage and not, like, tear each other apart sometimes. Right. And so, and so, yeah, you, I think that what has to be there is the intention and, and, like, steps forward, but not, not, like, you don't have to be at some certain spot. Hmm. But you have to be, you have to have the intention that, yes, I know that I need this really good prayer life and this virtuous life, and I'm making steps toward it. You can't, like, you uh, you can't be this person who has, like, who doesn't even think that they need it, who doesn't think it's, who doesn't think it's necessary. 
yeah, yeah. If, if you have that prideful attitude and you don't even think it's necessary for you to pray and do all these things, then yeah, you're in a spot where you should not be dating someone. But you don't have to be this person who's praying an hour a day in adoration, but also praying the rosary and also doing the liturgy of the hours, like doing all these different things. You don't have to, that person, I mean, that person hopefully is in a good, really good spot to date, but you don't have to be that person in order to date someone because yeah, there is like this growth together. And that, that's why, that's one of the things, that's one of the best things I heard about um, getting married young is like this argument for getting married young of like, hey, like there's real grace in the sacrament. And if you're two serious people, just do it and the grace will continue to build and you'll be able to to grow up and have these like great growing up experiences together with that person already. And so and so yeah, I think that like once you're ready, once you are in this serious spot and and you're ready to really sacrifice for them, that's that's the thing. If you're ready to really sacrifice for that other person, then then you should be looking at dating. That was great. No, I think that was a great way to explain it and I think that you know, it, it, it's, it kind of goes both ways. It's like, of course, you can't be this perfect person. Nobody's going to be a perfect person, especially now, you know, when you're young and you're starting to date. But on the other hand, if you think that you're perfect, if you think that you're this perfect person, then, you know, it's, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to grow together. You're not going to be able to use this grace that this sacrament gives you to grow together. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that was a great, that was a great discussion on, you know, just kind of dating when and where is the right time, you know, how do you go about that a little bit? I'm going to have Nick on again. And when this podcast airs, the next one is going to air that next week. So typically we have our podcast air every other Monday, but we're going to have two Mondays in a row because I want to have you on again, Nick, to talk a little bit about you know, the controversial topic of the role of a man and a woman in the Catholic church. <laughs> Nick's excited for this one. He's like, I'm done talking about dating. <laughs> the role of a ma- the man and the woman in the Catholic church, feminism, how that's kind of, you know, corrupted us. And if, if there are any good sides to feminism, I will talk a little bit about that, which we may disagree on this, but um, we're going to have you on to talk about this in the next episode. So stay tuned. In the meantime, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, where can people find Church Militant? Yeah. So, I mean, you can go to churchmilitant.com or our YouTube page, check out all the content. Um, I post, I have a lot of stories of my own on there, different interviews and things that I do. Uh, you can always just look me up on social media, Nick Wiley. I am begrudgingly on all social medias again because of Church Militant. I had deleted them for like three years while I was in seminary and stuff, but now I'm back on them. Um, yeah, just any questions about uh, any of this stuff, I'm more than happy to answer as long as you're, um, as long as you're of age. I would rather not um, have a bunch of uh, minors in asking questions about this stuff. But right. Yeah. If you're in high school and you have questions, you can DM me ask and I'll ask Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Nick. And I'm excited for our continuation of this episode. And be sure to follow Nick on all his socials and follow Classy Chicks on Classy Chicks Pod on Instagram and find us on any podcast streaming platform. Have a great day.
yeah. and like statues and everything. Yeah, <laughs> My please. dad's going to build one of that, one of those, because he's like, he likes watching Catholic guy YouTubers. Anyway, I'm going to go because the meeting is about to end, but it was nice talking to you and I'll keep you updated on when this is going to air and when we can meet to record the second part. Yeah. Let me know. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.